Reading from the Scriptures, Luke chapter 23, verses 32 through 38. Two others also, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by, watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. The word of the Lord. Good religion, at its best, always embraces good metaphor. Metaphor that points to something deeper. Points to God that is always deeper than we can explain. When I heard about this next metaphor, um, I didn't realize how much a part of my life and our lives this would become. But I, I read something from Father Richard Rohr who's a mentor and a friend, and he writes this, and, and if you want a copy of this, we have some down the hall. Um, I'll explain that in a little bit. He says, if you do not transform your pain, you will, with 100% certainty, transmit it. To use a metaphor, most people are like electric wires. What comes in is what goes out. Someone calls you a name, and you call him a name back. That is, most people pass on the same energy that is given to them. Now compare an electric wire with those big, ugly transformers that you see on telephone poles. This is not a big, ugly one. It's brand new. Dangerous current or voltage comes in. But something happens inside that gray box, and what comes out is, in fact, now helpful and productive. When you see transformers on the telephone pole from now on, think of Jesus. That is what he did. He hung on the cross, and the energy that came toward him, he did not return in kind. He held it inside and made it into something much better that would now pass through history. So the metaphor of Jesus on the pole, taking in the negative vitriol of the world, anger, violence, pain, hatred, fear, and he does not return it in kind. Rather, he responds... Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Do you see how he took in negative energy and by God's grace gave out nothing but positive? We followers of Jesus are invited to do the same. 
to take in the negative and by God's grace or by the Christ who is within us, not return evil for evil, anger for anger, not return violence for violence or meanness for meanness, but to take it in and let God transform it and give back nothing but love. Easier said than done. This may be the life journey. This may be the work we have in the spiritual life. But just knowing that this is possible makes it possible. Just having this metaphor of what Jesus did and what followers of Jesus might be able to do could transform us and could transform the world. So this metaphor of the transformer has been with me for a while. And um, believe me when I tell you, I notice them everywhere now. <laughs> and on, sometimes on my drive to Overlook Hospital in Summit, I pass, what is the name of the street in the industrial section down by where Sage has its store and Commerce, Commerce Street? And there's a substation, the trainer substation. It's a PSE&G substation on the right, just after you cross the river. There's a substation, and they've got maybe three or 400 of these used ones on the ground behind 12-foot-high fencing with barbed wire on the top. And I've always dreamed of filming a sermon there. <laughs> so I pulled in a few months ago. And, and the, the fence is there, and it's only activated by those who know the code to get in. And there's a little sign on there that says, uh, if you are here for, well, basically the sign says, if you're an outsider, call this number. So I called the number. <laughs> and I said, hi, uh, I'm Reverend Jeff Marquet. I'm the pastor at the United Methodist Church in Chatham. I notice you've got transformers behind your fencing. I would love to film a sermon there sometime. Nothing but silence on the other end. <laughs> After a very pregnant pause, the guy says, let me talk to my supervisor. <laughs> he does. The supervisor says, I've got to get to my supervisor and get back to you. What's your number? So that began kind of a conversation that took a few days. The supervisor of the supervisor said, sorry, we can't let anybody in unless you're trained because these are environmental, environmental hazards. They've got some oil in them. Some of them are uh, very old, and therefore it's, it's got some toxic additives to the oil, which is used to insulate the inside, the coils. Uh, so basically dead end. But we might be able to contact our supplier who makes these for us for training events without the innards. I said, that would be great. If you can put me in touch with that company, I'd love to, to call them or email them. Okay, so long story short, I sent an email to the company in Mississippi trying to, I, I think I cut and pasted this metaphor in and said, I would love to purchase one of these transformers without the oil, without the coils, if that's possible. Because this metaphor, I've used this before, and people are really resonating with it. I got an email back that said, let me talk to my supervisor. 
the supervisor wrote me and said, we will send you a transformer, an empty one. You do not need to pay for it. This is a gift from us. We need all the grace we can get. <laughs> so they sent this. They sent this FedEx. It arrived on a pallet wrapped in bubble wrap. The staff will tell you, I sent emails out weeks prior saying, when the big package comes, accept it, sign for it, and put it in my office. When it came, I was so excited. My kids were both laughing at me because I was like a kid at Christmas, unwrapping the bubble wrap, admiring what a beautiful image this is for the spiritual life. This is um, something that is for more than just me. I have used this at the Board of Ministry retreat, and so many people over the, throughout the conference have asked me, I need to know more about Transformers. I said, I need to know more about Transformers. So I, I contacted a company up in Englewood Cliffs. They invited me up and said, we'll teach you anything you want to know about Transformers. Now, these two guys are engineers. They've been supplying Transformers for 40 years. They know every aspect of it, and I won't even begin to tell you what I tried to learn or what their wisdom was. But they said that there's about 12,000 to 15,000 volts going into the bushing, this right here. So this, what you see on the, on the streets, the wires above the streets have 12,000 to 15,000 volts going through them. They go into this bushing. It goes down into the coils and the oil, which is surrounded by an insulator of paper. And then out of this comes 220. Is that right? 110, 240? What makes these lights possible comes out of this. Takes in unusable energy, cannot be used. In fact, it's deadly energy. Transforms it and sends out power that we can use that brings light and warmth to our world. When these are compromised, when the insulation starts going on them, they need to be replaced. That's what keeps these friends of mine in business, is replacing these. It's grounded to a wire that goes down the pole and into the earth. There's metaphor after metaphor. By the way, you know what this is? That's a pressure relief valve. Do we all need one of these? <laughs> Friends, I don't know where God is calling you or me to be transformers for Christ. But we don't have to go very far. Have you ever been in the car and for some reason you look over at someone who's either next to you or in front of you or behind you and they're yelling at you? And you have no idea why? That happened to me once recently. I was dropping off my son at the high school and I looked in the rearview mirror and somebody was wagging their finger at me. I said, Matthew, are we in the right lane? Yep. Did we do anything? Did we cut that person off? Not that I know of. And, and part of me felt like dishing back the same negative energy that she was giving to me. 
And I realized that's not going to help anything, and it's not going to do any good for me or for her. This image came in handy. Have you ever been in a supermarket and somebody looks at you and you think, why did they just look at me like that? You don't even know them. But you pick up some kind of negative energy. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe you took the bottle of ketchup that they wanted. I don't know. The temptation is to give negative right back to negative. Don't take the bait. Take it in. Let it be transformed. Realize that only one seven billionth of this is about me and only one seven billionth of this is about you. If we can learn to disengage in some way and not take it personally, it may allow us to be in the flow of God, to be in the flow of the Spirit, which wants to use us as conduits of love, conduits of compassion, conduits of kindness. And whenever somebody starts throwing negativity or anger at us, we risk being taken out of the flow of God, which wants to flow through us with love and compassion. This week, last Sunday morning, the tragedy in Orlando took our breath away. Uh, it still does. This attack on an LGBTQ community took away some of their innocence and safety and community, put it under threat, and put all of us under threat. Some in the LGBTQ community have really modeled for us what it is to respond to such hatred and anger and violence with love. It has been profound to watch and to see other communities of faith doing the same. Did you see about the synagogue in Orlando? An Orthodox synagogue wanted to do something to be in solidarity with the LGBTQ community. And so after, their, after sundown on their high holy day, they went to some club, a gay club. And they showed up with their yarmulkes and flowers and they said, we, we just want to be in solidarity with you. We want to express our care for you and we don't know what else to do. We're just bringing some flowers. The guy who was uh, the DJ cut the music, gathered everybody into the dance floor, the Orthodox Jews, the gay and lesbian population there, community there, and they said, we, we have visitors. And they started talking with one another. One of the people at the, at the club said, oh, I know someone who was bar mitzvah at your synagogue. And small world stories started happening, and they started expressing care for one another. A little glimpse of the kingdom of God broke out. But this is just one of many. I've seen the Holy Spirit move in the Chatham United Methodist Church this week in quite a profound way. I shared with the, con with the church council at our meeting on Tuesday night, 
I don't know how to respond to this tragedy. Words fail me. Actions, I'm not sure what the best action is. What, what is God calling us to do? And for about an hour, we had some really wonderful conversation. Heartfelt, emotional, not always agreeing with each other, but with a sense of civility and with a sense of integrity where we were listening to each other and honoring one another's point of view. It was profound, it was beautiful, it was inspired. At the end of that, we discerned it was important for us as a church to put up the pride flag, which you'll see in the hallway, and to put next to it a big board, a prayer board for Orlando, where we can write our prayers on post-it notes or write it on the board, and maybe someday we'll send those post-it notes to a United Methodist Church in Orlando who can deliver them in some way. We discerned it was important for us to put a table out with letters to our political leaders saying it is time for gun legislation that makes sense. We realize that we're not all of one mind on this, but if you feel like writing a letter, you will be in good company with our Methodist DNA, which teaches us to pray and to pick it to have a relationship with God and a relationship with the community and the society to make the society a safer place for the most vulnerable. I don't know where these expressions of solidarity will take us, but I have a sense that we're at the beginning of something. And I commend these ministries to your prayers and to your participation. I want to end with um, a brief reflection from Reverend Steve Garnis Holmes, who is a United Methodist pastor who, in New England, who writes very well about us being transformers through our breathing. The Ruach of God in Hebrew is that Hebrew word for breath, for spirit, for wind. In Genesis it says the Ruach covered the earth, the breath of God, the wind of God, the spirit of God. When Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit, you now have the ability to forgive. There's the Ruach again. Our breath can sometimes be a prayer. Listen and breathe these words with me. Your heart beats in my heart. Your breath flows through me. I breathe in the sorrow of the world. I breathe out mercy. Would you say, I breathe out mercy with me? I breathe out mercy. I breathe in the fear of the world. I breathe out mercy. I breathe in the pain of the world. I breathe out mercy. I breathe in the rage of the world. I breathe out mercy. 
I enter the great wound. I breathe out mercy. You breathe mercy in us. Breathe deep mercy in all of us. And the people of God said, Amen.